Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Racer Stadium uh, is a uh, undergoing, I guess, is undergone a, a renovation. And uh, Nick Dashell of the Oregonian got a chance today to get a good look at it. We are uh, getting him on the show here. We'll have him here momentarily. Uh, the uh, Beavers will open the season, this football season, on the road at San Jose State on Labor Day weekend. They'll be playing a Sunday game. 12.30, I think, is the kickoff. It's an afternoon game. I guess it's 12.30 or 2.30 in San Jose. But on a Sunday, they will be playing that game. And so that'll be an interesting, uh, different kind of opener. And I'm, sh- I'm sure we will have some resolution between now and then on where the Beavers will be playing in 2024, likely. Um, a lot of that, again, hinges, I think, on what happens with Stanford and Cal and the ACC and possibly the Big Ten. But Oregon State sort of waiting. I believe they have a fallback plan in place with the Mountain West Conference. I believe that is their fallback plan, and I will not be surprised if that ends up being the plan. Uh, At Research Stadium today, Scott Barnes, the athletic director, gave a tour, at least that was the plan, for media members who wanted to get a sneak peek and look at the new west side. And here to talk about it, Nick Daschle, who covers the Beavers. What was that like? Well, first of all, what was the mood, Daschle, as you go into this this tour thing with all this other stuff hanging overhead? I don't know, maybe 40 media people and then Scott and, you know, Sarah and Kimia, these, these two, these two uh, senior ADs and a few people from the stadium that are, you know, working on the food end of it. Um, Scott started out by saying, you know, things are, you know, moving along with the, with the realignment, blah, 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 blah. But today is not the day to talk about that. Today it's all about Research Stadium and, and how fantastic this place is. And then we spent an hour going through the nooks and crannies of, of the West side, which is spectacular. It, it give, really is. Give me an idea. When you say spectacular, what what are we talking about? Because I've only seen it from the outside. I haven't really walked around on the inside of it and the guts of it. I mean, some of it, obviously the, the Joe fan isn't going to see because, you know, some of it's the, the premium seating area but there's just lots of little touches lots of the artwork the you know big orange um state of oregon outline um things like that beaver you know just different sorts of artwork that that looks kind of cool there's the there's a big wooden um big wooden um art piece on on one of the walls that's got you know the beaver grates kind of inlaid into it and it really i mean it really pops um, things like that, you know, the, the seats are all, you know, obviously they're new and they look nice and they're, you know, it's just that the views are good. And, uh, the press box is great. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, it just feels like some, and the, the food options. I think Beaver fans, it's the, you know, the Beaver street concept. Cause regardless if you're sitting in the cheap seats or the, yeah. you know, the, are you the in the press boxes, box now? Are you in the press box now? No, I, I'm in Corvallis, but I am not in the press box. Okay, good, because no. phone's cutting out a little bit, but I'm gonna stay with it because I think I'm a, I'm betting that it's gonna gonna improve here. 
But give me an idea, like the the Beaver Street part of this. We were told all along that it's going to have the closest seats to the field in the Pac-12 conference. Do you really have that sight line from the concession area? Do you feel like the seats are closer? The the um, the, the the Beaver Street area is an area where everybody can everybody can walk around and eat and watch the game from there. So that part of it, you know, everybody and you're, and you're really pretty close to the stadium or the the field. The seats below that are obviously even better. But even the up, I went into the upper area. I went into the upper section, sat in the seat. I didn't feel like I was that far away from the field. Anything on the west side is going to be a great seat. It, 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 yeah, the, the the views are good. Nick Jaschel covers Oregon State for Oregon Live joining us. Um, Scott Burns says he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's hanging overhead. You've talked to Jonathan Smith. You've been around the campus today. How much is this uncertainty about the conference in 2024 weighing on Oregon State in general right now? Seemed pretty happy that the, the the team was was focused on what they needed to do and not you know not letting this off the field stuff be distracting. You know he did say today that he did say that you know of course he's not naive. Everybody's wondering what's going to happen and all that, but he feels like you know the team is 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 kind of locked in to what they need to do this season. I mean it's just there's just a there's just a a cloud hanging over Oregon State at the moment until they can figure out, you know, where they're headed. Every day's got new rumors, and you know, I, I you know, I, 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 my, my belief is they're holding on to the notion that somehow Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State can put together a deal and keep the Pac-12 together in some, you know, whether it's Pac-8, Pac-9, 10, whatever, something like that. That's that's their hope. I mean, it, it seems. It's starting to seem a little bit far fetched, but I mean, until that door is closed, I think they got to they got to keep trying it. Um, and as you know, as you've been saying, the Mountain West is the backup option, and I guess there's this other option with the AAC. Although I don't know that that's that's really going to work out. But yeah, it just feels like I mean, it just feels like a lot of uncertainty. I, I don't know how to say. It. I mean, it's. I mean, it's even, it just feels even crappy for, you know, somebody like me. I mean, I just like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, I keep reporting on it, but it's like, you know, the whole world is kind of turned upside down at Oregon State. And you, you kind of feel for these people that that had all this momentum going and all of a sudden, you know, it, they don't know where, they don't know where they're going to go the next minute. Yeah, what what they ought to do is go to Hawaii, just take a vacation, 2024, just go, hey, we're going to go play in Hawaii, we'll be an independent, we'll be on the beach waiting for you. Uh, Nick Daschle with us talking about Oregon State. The the Oregon fans and Oregon administration, you know, are talking about continuing to play Oregon State in, in the rivalry game. Do you get a sense that there are logistical problems with Oregon and Oregon State being able to meet on a football field in 2024 and, and, and the in the short future beyond that? Conference schedule is the one that's, that's the biggest holdup on that whole thing, is because they both, you know, they both have non-conference games pretty well scheduled through 2030. I know there's some holes, but they gotta, you know, they'd have to move games around. And then Oregon State, you know, in the case of Oregon State, they have a Mountain West 
non-conference games scheduled every year from here to 2030. Well, let's just say they're in the Mountain West. There's an opening, but that doesn't mean Oregon has that opening. And it's still unclear as to whether Oregon State really wants to play Oregon from here on because, you know, there's the issue of will Oregon come to Corvallis because I don't see any way on earth Oregon State's going to keep the series going if Oregon won't come to Corvallis. And we don't know the answer to that. So there's just a lot of, you know, unknowns at this point. But until Oregon State can figure out a conference, there's really, really no way of knowing. But I don't, I, it's, it's, I've tried to kind of feel out, figure out whether there's an appetite to want to play Oregon. I think a week, you know, a week removed from this decision, it's still a little raw and hard, hard to really know whether they want to keep doing it or not. Chip Kelly has come out, and I'm going to play something that Chip Kelly said about sort of what he thinks should happen in major college football, and I uh, I do like the way Chip Kelly thinks, but he's talking about an upper division, a lower, a middle division, and it not including anything but football. Uh, here he is talking about you know what he thinks should happen. Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? And take the 64 teams in Power 5, make that one division. Take the 64 teams in Cooper 5, make that another division. We play for a championship, they play for a championship. No one else gets affected. Our sport's different than everybody else. We only play once a week. Travel's not a big deal for football. But it is a big deal for other sports. So. He's spitting some truth there, is he not? He's, he's spitting what I've been saying kind of all along. Football's got to splinter off from the other sports, don't they? It just it just makes too much sense. I don't what what is the holdup, John? I, I don't I don't get it. What what is the holdup to splitting football off from everything else and keeping the conferences together in every other sport? I think two things. I don't I, think I don't know why. I think they're worried that if they split football off that it makes it easier for football players to say we want to be employees, we want to be paid. This is different. This is not under the NCAA umbrella. And then secondarily how do you fund those other sports if you don't have the revenue from football to fund it? Like Stanford fosters and creates more Olympic medals than any university in the country, but they use football and Pac-12 revenue to fund the Olympic programs. And I thought, you know, Pat Forty had a great piece about, you know, hey, are we gonna? Is it gonna hurt America that there's no Pac-12 conference because Stanford is producing swimmers, divers, volleyball players? It, it's really. Uh, it's really interesting. Somebody needs to put the brakes on it and talk about it. I think you're 100% right. I mean, so, so, they, so they split football off from everything else, and each school makes whatever revenue they make off it. Are people saying that they wouldn't use that to fund the, the other sports like they are now? That, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't know. There's got to be – I don't know. It, there's just so much of this that doesn't make sense. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm of the mind even that that you um, take football and move it away from the Title IX stuff even, and and that's what holds up. I I, I mean, I there's so many the, the sports imbalance because of the football numbers, the 85 scholarships that they got to match them with all the the, the women's sports, and I've, I've always thought that they, football, since it's, it is the the revenue driver for everything. It ought to be separate from everything, including the, you know, the Title Nine stuff. But, but I'm probably alone in that thinking. No, I'm like, you know, on a scale of one to ten, 
I agree, like, with a, a passion of, like, 8.8. Like, you know, I'm on that end of the spectrum as well, where I believe, like, football should be its own thing. There's some things to unpack, but, you know, I have a very easy time, you know, looking at it and going, okay, this isn't like a 50-50 proposition. This isn't like a 5 on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm way over on that side where Chip Kelly's on, and I'm going, hey, why not? Why aren't they doing this? Uh, Dashiell, before I cut you loose, uh, Oregon State will open their home stadium. Uh, I believe it's UC Davis is that home opener. you expect some electricity at Reeser for that opener, or will that electricity come maybe on the Friday night when they play Utah or later in the year when they host Washington? And, and you know, what do you expect? Oh, I mean, there's going to be a buzz for the UC Davis game just because of the newness of the stadium, but – but I don't. I don't sense we're gonna, you know, find out what what Reeser is really capable of until the Utah game, and that, and especially if Oregon State's four and zero. I mean, if Oregon State's four and zero, it's a Friday night. That's when we're gonna find out just how loud and 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 what a home field advantage Reeser Stadium could be. Um, but you know, no, it'll, they'll, they'll definitely be some buzz. Is, is it eleven out of twelve that Oregon State has won at home? Is that right? 11, 11 out of twelve. Last twelve. You just, just 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 the USC game last year yeah. was the only one they lost in the last two years. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so, Dashiell. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Finish. I remember what I was going to say. I was. All right. Just, uh, You're getting old. I'm All standing right. here trying. I'm. I'm sta- no, I'm just standing here trying to find a, a place in this room that that I can that don't lose me. So I'm standing in the middle of a room. Yeah. You're okay. solid. You're solid. Uh, Dashiell, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. All right. We'll see you. There he is. Covers Oregon State. Lot to to unpack there. Lot to unpack. Um, He's standing in the middle of his room. He should set his phone up and do a TikTok while he's talking to us. I don't know. For the kids. Uh, Did you know I have a TikTok? uh, Do I call it a channel? Do I call it an account? What do we call it? TikTok? What do the kids call that? I think it's just you have a TikTok, right? I have a TikTok. I be, I put I just put videos and stuff on it, and you know if I'm at a stadium or whatnot and I see something interesting, I'll film a video. I put it on the TikTok. You can find me there if you want to. But Nick Dashiell doesn't have a TikTok. He's in this room there, apparently staying there in Corvallis, uh, as he's covering the unveiling of Research Stadium. All right, we have so much more ahead right here at the BFT. Who knows what could happen? Leave it here. Well, we got the uh, Mega Millions coming up tonight. I don't know if you heard this. I'm not going to say it's breaking news, but uh, I'm probably going to win this thing. I'm going to do what Scoot Henderson is doing. He's talking about winning Rookie of the Year. I'm just going to win the Mega Millions. That's it. Tonight, I'm going to do it. I'm going to win it. I'm not going to say anything about tomorrow. I'm just going to start tomorrow's show. We're going to go on like it's business as usual. I'll probably stop at the bank on the way, put the ticket in a safety deposit box. I'll probably call uh, some tax attorney, say, hey, what do I need to know? Uh, I might drop all my socials, so if you see something like that happen, hey, Gonzano's TikTok account has gone away. Uh, he's, he's no longer on the gram. If you see if you see that happen, might be a fair chance that I've hit the 1.55 billion mega millions. You also might see me buy the uh, Pac-12. I might buy the media rights deal, keep it all together, restore the rivalries. Uh, give the uh, middle finger, so to speak, to Fox and the rest of college football that's trying to pick apart the conference like a bunch of buzzards. But, uh, you know, it's all for a greater good. So, you know, there's some philanthropy involved in that. But uh, I, off the top of the show today, 
We took calls. And I got to tell you, I think our listeners, the listeners of this show, I always have said this. I think you're smarter. I think it, I think it says something about you that you're here. I think you're more intelligent sports radio audience. It's no knock on anybody else, but I tune into sports radio across the country as I travel. I'll get into a rental car. I'll put on some local sports show, and I always go, man, some of these shows are dumb. Like, they just are, they're, they're shooting for a low common denominator. I think this show aims a little higher. Now, we don't always keep it highbrow. But I, you know, I don't say like we're the Stanford of, of uh, sports radio shows. But I think we challenge you to think a little higher. And and I think the first hour of this show was evidence of how smart the audience is. We got great calls. We had people calling in. We had a guy who won the lottery. How much did that guy win in the lottery? They called in an hour number one. Who had the experience? It was a lot. It was a lot. He didn't. I don't think he wanted to say exactly how much on air, but it did was he a say lot it off money. air? Did he tell you guys yeah, off he, air? He told he told you to off air. Is Judah going to share it with us? I don't. I don't think so. I don't want to break. I don't want to break that guy's trust. All right. So it was a lot of money. It was. It was. It was was it like? Was it more than like fifty million? Yeah, it was over that. Whoa. So we got. Not only do we have smart sports radio listeners, we have lucky listeners. We have good-looking listeners. I always say our audience is better looking than the average sports radio show. The numbers will suggest that more female listeners are listening to this show than any other sports radio show in the land. Also. That, uh, you know, if you're listening to this show, you are probably somebody who is tuned into sports, but is you're probably that person in your household who tells everybody else what's going on. And you're coming here not just to take from this show. You're allowed to call into this show. I, I When I first started in this business, I had multiple sports radio hosts who were veterans tell me, don't take calls. Callers are dumb. Callers aren't going to add anything to your show. And so I started that first year, and I, I kind of had that mindset, like, you know, the callers can't really add anything. I very quickly figured out that the, a lot of the callers are smart and know their stuff and make me think about things I never would have thought about. And they're speaking for crying out loud for a segment of the audience. I would not agree with people who say don't take calls on a sports radio show. Now, we don't want to do it wall to wall. I have a lot to say. For example, this segment talking about how good-looking you are and how smart you are, and you needed to hear that today. But I also believe that, you know, as you're looking around at other sports radio shows, you have to know when you're listening to a dumb sports radio show. You know it. You know it right away. Because they're not making you think. They're not making you feel. They're not asking you questions and, and surprising you at every turn. And this show, i got to be honest with you, I start it every day. None of it's scripted. We have the guest book. I told Steven in the first segment, hey, I think we're going to do Punch It Audio at 4 o'clock. But if we get a bunch, of, if we don't have a bunch of calls in the first segment, maybe we do it at 324. And Steven just kind of rolls with it. And, you know, at the end of uh, the final segment of Hour 1, I hadn't said a damn word to Steven. And all I said to him was, hey, in the last 60 seconds, all of a sudden I said, and that brings us to our big splash. And bam, Steven was on it. Steven, you were on it. Like, people don't understand that I threw you basically a 2-2 slider on the outside edge of the plate, and you uh, handled it like it was all business. I just spit on it. Just spit on it. It's a little outside. Yeah. Didn't get the black. You were not thrown by that, and I don't think the average person realizes the degree of difficulty and that a you know somebody who's sitting in your seat who wasn't smarter, who wasn't paying attention more, who wasn't on the ball more, would have missed that, and it would have been a called strike three. 
and instead you just whoop, you spit on it or you hit it into the right center field gap, whatever we want to say the metaphor is today. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is you ask... <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.